It's June 2nd. Welcome to the 937 podcast. My name is Kim. And unless I shave, my face will not feel naked. And my name is Steve. (laughs) We are at the end of our health mandate today. So uh, everybody can relatively go without a mask. Although I will say, please be sure that the places that you are going, um, Make sure to still read their rules because some places are still asking you to wear masks if you are unvaccinated. But hey, don't be that guy. If they ask yeah. you to wear a mask, put on a mask. Yeah. It's all about going out and having some fun. Yep. I think most places are mask free now, but if you are unvaccinated, they might ask you to wear a mask. Uh, so just, you know, and do, do your research and see what's open and what, you know. And as we kind of thought and kind of predicted, with the lifting of the health mandates, more and more things are coming open. So, oh yeah, you might get an extra five minutes of us tonight. Well, and today. we have a special treat for you at the end of the show. We had uh, we were fortunate enough to have uh, Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley uh, call in the other day, and so we have a, a lovely interview with her at the end of the show. I think it's lovely. Yeah. She's she's very kind to talk to. Uh, So stick around after the end of all of our what's going on uh, for that interview with Mayor Whaley. Well, Kim, why don't you go ahead and get us started on arts and theater? Sure. Uh, Just a reminder that Carillon Park is open daily, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, Sunday noon to 5. If you're out there, make sure you stop by the brewery, get some lunch or dinner. Um, watch them make some beer. It's kind of a German cuisine out there. Yeah, and it's very cool watching them make beer. And um, it's, it's a different flavor of beer. It it's, is. Uh, it's very, I, it's very like authentic. Sour, if you like sour yeah. beer, it, it's a good place to go. But they have some really good brews out there. They do. So check them out. Uh, the Dayton Art Institute, through July 21st, looking at family photographs from home. Through August 15th, the Roaring and Quiet Twenties. Through August 15th, also, Bukong Wai Kim, Journey to the East. Through September 19th, All by Myself, Japanese Creative Prince. And through September 12th, uh, Changing Times, The Art of the 60s, which is what we're going to kind of feature today because they have a big old sign out on their wall that you can see from the highway. And so I saw, well, maybe we'll feature that. Um, so this exhibition presents a look at one of the most transformative and often turbulent decades the world has ever experienced in the 1960s. Um, the visual arts of the decade reflect the social and political movements like pop up, minimalism, conceptual art, artists working in abstract styles, responding to the influences of earlier artists. Of course, you're going to see some of the things that are uh, part of American culture at the time. Obviously, the civil rights movement, uh, sexual revolution, and um, just different experimentation with new media, styles, forms. So the 1960s was a very boundary-breaking time period. And not only is there an exhibit, but the community is also invited to share in the exhibit by creating a work of art in response. So you can use me- materials and media of your choice, and um, there's actually a link on the Dayton Art Institute's website where you can share your art. So I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah, and out in Wilberforce, 
which is just north of Xenia on State Route 42 as you head towards Cedarville. The National Afro-American Museum is still hosting the uh, Rhythm of Revolution. We talked about that last week, but it's still out there. Technically, it's on Brush Row Road, but if you just head north on 42 out of Xenia and turn left at the stoplight and the speedway, you'll find it. It'll be over there on your right. Uh, at the Schuster Center, the music of Queen is playing on June 5th and 6th at 8.30. And I understand you can also stream that if you can't be there at the Schuster Center. Mm-hmm. Also at the Schuster, the Revolutionist will be playing from July or June 23rd through July 4th. That will only be streaming. At the Neon, it's the final showings of a few different films. Limbo's final day is June 3rd. The Dry's final day is June 3rd. And Dream Horse's final day is June 6th. They're going to put Dream Horse out to pasture? They they are not. They're just going to put him in the vault, I guess. I don't know where they're going to put him. That's a good question. Uh, Opening June 4th, this is a one-week-only film called Super Frenchie. It's an intimate look at the life of professional skier and base jumper Matthias Gerard, who uh, had a really awful crash just days before the birth of his first child. So it's kind of a look at what it's like to be kind of an extreme athlete while also starting a family and kind of how do you have to balance those two things? I can't imagine. I think that would be really hard. Also opening June 4th, and running for one week only is the movie Undine, which is the, there's an ancient myth of Undine and uh, it takes place in modern Berlin. She works as a historian lecturing on Berlin's urban development, but when the man she loves leaves her, the myth catches up with her and she has to kill the man who betrays her and return to the water. So kind of what is gonna happen when she meets a diver and falls in love and is she going to give up her chance at at living in in the water and being, I believe, a, a, a sea mer- mermaid. I'm not familiar with the, the legend of Undine, but you can find out more about it by going to watch the movie on June the 4th for one week only. Also, don't forget, cult movie night, chopping block with Toxic Brew Company and Hole in the Wall. Uh, that's this Sunday, June 6th. I believe tickets are still available. You can get them at Hole in the Wall. And they're 20 bucks each. And remember that those come with two beers from Toxic, obviously limited to folks 21 and up. There is the pregame over at Hole in the Wall. So make sure you check that out. Looks like there's a few new movies coming out at the drive-ins this weekend. There are. Dixie Twin is still showing A Quiet Place Part 2 and Spiral. They're also showing Cruella. At Melody 49, Raya and the Last Dragon and Cruella, as well as Top Gun and A Quiet Place Part 2. Sydney Autoview has A Quiet Place Part 2 and Top Gun. And Skyway Plaza off Kaufman is has some movies that are free for Fairborn residents on June 4th at 7.30. Also, if you are a country music fan, Florida Georgia Line is showing a free drive-in show on June 12th. You can get tickets for either Melody 49 or the Sydney Auto View. Now, the, um, the movie for the Fairborn residents, that's at Skyway Plaza just off Kaufman Avenue. Okay. Yep. Thank you. At the Metro Parks this weekend on Saturday, Second Street Market has that Summer in the Garden Make a Lettuce Bowl going on. It's $15. 
At Riverscape, you can do Zumba in the park, which sounds super fun if you have no shame about working out in front of strangers where everyone can see you. I would be terrified, but if you are into Zumba, that's definitely something that sounds like it'd be fun to check out. Also, family fishing at Possum Creek Metro Park um, at the Hickory Shelter. That is 10 to 11.30 on Saturday, June the 5th. It's for all ages, 10 bucks. On Sunday at Possum Creek, they're doing the flat water float. And on Monday at Carriage Hill, there are, for ages nine and up, there's uh, intro to canter horseback riding lessons, which sounds super fun. Uh, the cost for that for a four-week session, ages nine to 17, is $120, so... Not a bad deal for four weeks worth of lessons. They're also giving English writing style lessons out there too. Just depends on the time of the day, isn't it? Correct. Um, the English writing lessons are a little bit younger. Uh, Cantor is nine and up. English writing is eight and up. And uh, so Cantor is 11 to noon. English writing is one to two. On Wednesday, June the 9th, there is uh, again um, the Youth Advanced Cantor, uh, that's for ages 12 to 17, from 11 to noon. And then Youth Beginner English, uh, 1 to 2, on uh, June 9th, which is Wednesday. Second Street Market is open as an open-air farmer's market for now, 9 to 1 on the weekends, weather permitting. What's going on at the Air Force Museum? They are still through September 6th, Space, A Journey to Our Future, The Beauty of Space Art Exhibit through September 26th, Open Aircraft Days, Walk Inside a C-7 and a C-123, and that will be June 19th from 11 to 3, and because the health restrictions have been opened, and I just saw in the uh, that Wright Pat has opened up a little bit more, the presidential hangar is now open, so you can go through and tour through. Honestly, the, one there, of my favorite parts. Yeah, you can go through and walk through a lot of those airplanes. Yeah. But the presidential hangar is, again, open for the public. I love the presidential hangar. It's one of the can't-miss things whenever we do get out to the Air Force Museum. And now let's hear from our buddy Terry. What's going on in music this week? Thanks, Kim and Steve. And thanks for having me be part of the 937 podcast. So for this week, I want to tell you about a a few shows that you're going to want to check out if you're looking to go see some live music in the area. Coming up Thursday, June 3rd, 2021 at Brightside is Mariah J, Gabe Moss and the Bruins, and Icicle. This is a great lineup. You don't want to miss it. Brightside is one of the best venues in the area. On Friday, June 4th, 2021, is a free concert at Courthouse Square. The Dayton Pride 2021 Affair on the Square event kicks off and you're going to want to check out Colin Richards and Spare Change, Taylor Alexander, Neo-American Pioneers, and the Ruby Girls. All are performing. And did I mention it's a free event? On Sunday, June 6th, at Yellow Cab, the Dayton Poetry Slam presents an evening with Nikki Allen. On Friday, June 11th, 2021, at Yellow Cab, 
Viceroy Kings, the Nellers, and Team Void all for a night of punk rock and rockabilly. And uh, I really love these bands. Kyleen Downs returns to Yellow Cab Tavern on Friday, June 12th. And it's her one-year anniversary show of her album, Come Sit Down, which was scheduled to be released a year ago when all the craziness of the pandemic was happening. Kyleen's album is pretty great. Go check it out. Come Sit Down. The Levitt Pavilion schedule is out. Frey's Pavilion schedule is out. Lots of music is happening. And this week, I want to give you an album spotlight from Neo-American Pioneers who are playing at the Pride event. I want you to go check out Beginning to Unfold on all your streaming services. It's eight songs. It was produced by Patrick Himes of Real Love Recording. And I absolutely love these guys. So anyway, that's enough for me. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And I hope you're having a good week. Uh, Yeah. And I hope you all take care of yourself. Thanks, Kim and Steve. And uh, back to the 937 podcast. Thank you, sir. I am very, very excited about the Levitt uh, lineup this year. I can't wait to go see the Reverend Horton Heat and some of the other guys that are coming. It's going to be a big rockabilly summer downtown. Steve. How are the dragons looking right now? The dragons slipped down to second place, but they're still staying strong. They're out of town this week at Lake City, but they'll be back at home on the 8th through the 13th uh, playing Great Lakes. All games start at 7.05 except the Sunday games, and they start about 2.05. All right. Um, not a lot with University of Dayton or Central State or, well, let's see, with Wright State. They are in the NCAA tournament. Friday, they will play at 6 o'clock versus Tennessee. Saturday, it looks like a doubleheader. They'll play Duke at 12 and Liberty at 6. If you can't get down there to see them, they will be on ESPN. That's my alma mater. How about car shows? The uh, Kettering Cruise Inn was canceled last week because of weather, so uh-huh. it is weather dependent. Yeah. But the uh, Kettering Cruise Inn is Saturdays at 5 o'clock at the Kettering Town Center that would be at Dorothy and Woodman, and they usually expect 250 to 300 cars there. There's a DJ, there's food. It's, it's a pretty good time. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder about Add on 5th in the Oregon District, Friday through Sunday, all summer long. Trivia, Sarah G at the Wandering Griffin on Mondays, 5th Street Brew Pub on Tuesdays. Trivia with a twist at Dublin Pub on Tuesdays. Lock 27 in Milano's on Brown Street on Wednesdays. And Wings in Beaver Creek on Thursdays. And let's not forget a yellow cab. Every Friday at 7, they have karaoke. At the uh, Okay, we talked about car shows, but they also have bike night. If you like motorcycles, out at the Rip Rap Roadhouse every Wednesday until October from 4 to 10, 10 p.m. They have a lot of motorcycles out there together, a lot of cool bikes that have been put together, custom-made bikes. So that should be a good time to go out there and check that if that is your thing and that's what you're interested in. The uh, Farmer's Market, Centerville Farmer's Market in Main Street in Centerville is 3 to 7 every Thursday and that will run through October. Farmer's Market's all over town. If you just kind of look for them, um, I'm sure that you, every little suburb I think 
seems to have their own farmer's market. We are going to try to do a little bit of more research and dig into it and kind of find out when and where and all that kind of stuff. But so to start out with Centerville, obviously Second Street has their farmer's market every weekend. Um, But if you can, get get your stuff locally. Go to a a local farm co-op and buy your vegetables locally. Yeah, one of my favorite events, which they thought... Well, actually, they announced it was going to be canceled this year because of COVID. And then as they started seeing the restrictions came back, uh, the town of Troy reacted fairly quickly. Yes, and they put sir. together, it won't be the Troy Strawberry Festival. It's going to be the Strawberry Jam. And that will be <laughs> Friday from 5 to 10 and then Saturday from 10 to 10 out in Troy. If you just head up 75, follow the signs. It'll be well marked. Or as we suggest with everything that we put out here, we're, we're just... Put it out to give you the idea. If you want more detail about anything, go and research it. Hit the website and get more detailed information because that's where you're going to find more information about parking and just other stuff that you'll probably need to know. And you can find links to all of these things on our website. Yes. At the 937podcast.com. Yep. All right. And this week is Pride Week. The Pride Week festivities and parade are this weekend. So Friday from 4 to 6. And Saturday from 10 to 5 at Courthouse Square. Also, Kemp, the Ruby Girls are going to be there yes, at 9 p.m. on Friday. Some of my favorite, favorite ladies in Dayton, the Ruby Girls, um, do a lot of... If you're not familiar with the Rubies, if you've never seen them, definitely go check them out Friday night, 9 p.m. at Courthouse Square. They do a lot of really good work for the community. They have um, a charitable foundation. Yeah, all per- the money they make goes to charity. Yes, absolutely. So they're, they are some of the movers and shakers in the Dayton community. Um, pun intended. Uh, some of the local business owners are Ruby Girls, um, and it's a really good way to help raise money for the community. Also, this weekend, speaking of people who are very important to the Dayton community, there is an art auction at Circles Art Studio on June 4th from 5 to 10 p.m. It's called There's Something About Mary, and it's a benefit for Mary Catherine Burnside. If you don't know Mary Catherine, um, she is quite the lady. She owns the local boutique called Clash. It's downtown. It's one of my very favorite places to shop. Mary Catherine has been um, an active organizer and a patron of the arts in Dayton for almost 20 years. And so the creative community kind of wanted to support her in her time of need. She's currently battling breast cancer. So they are doing a an art show and an art auction. Um, so the Circles Art Studio is located in the Front Street Studios at 1000 East 2nd Street, Studio 2120. So there's over, over 95 local artists and businesses that have donated artwork and gift items. They're going to be auctioned online via gala bid. And we will post a link to that online auction on our website. Again, the 937podcast.com. Um, if you don't know anything about Mary, definitely check it out. Her husband, uh, James Hicks, also owns Hicks Barbershop downtown. So they are definitely a staple in the Dayton community. Um, definitely something that you'll want to check out. All right. So before we get to our chat with the mayor, just like to remind everybody, we do have a lot of state parks here within the within the region, very, very close to get to. You've got the Glen Helen Nature Preserve, the John Bryan State Park, Clifton Gorge State Nature Preserve, Buck Creek State Park, and the C.J. Brown Fishing Reservoir. And I know if you like to hike, Clifton Gorge, John Bryan State Park are really 
they're not difficult trails, but it's a good family Beautiful. thing to go out there. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a good little hike in. The weather should be awesome this weekend for hiking. Won't be too hot. Won't be too cold. Go find some cicadas. Yeah, and go out and maybe <laughs> you'll, you'll find some cicadas. So are we ready for the mayor, Kim? I am so ready. All right. Mayor Whaley, thank you for taking the time out of your day to help us launch our new podcast, the 937 Podcast. Got a question. I'm honored to be on. I'm excited about this podcast. Yeah, and we, we are just thrilled to have you to help us get this kicked off the ground. This We're only on our second episode right now. So third. Third, third episode. Third, yeah, I'm not counting the trailer. Oh, well, that's true. Okay. But, Mayor, during your term, some of the bigger issues that stick out in my mind were the Klan rally, the water pipe bursting under the river, the Oregon District shooting, and the Memorial Day tornadoes. Now, Dayton went through all that, and the city bounced back and recovered, Now, certainly with memories and still some ongoing pain. But Dayton recovered. Do you see the same spirit and resilience in the people of the city to recover from the impact of COVID? And how do, you, how do you describe the resilience of Dayton? Well, I certainly do. I mean, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately for a lot of us in Dayton, 2019 was actually harder than 2020. I mean, 2020 was certainly something we'll never forget. But I think for folks in Dayton, the 2020 COVID pandemic was happening in every single community, whereas the issues of 2019 were very specific to our community. And it was almost like, why is this happening, happening to us? And the grittiness and resilience of the citizens of Dayton, I think, showed through in 19. And so certainly uh, 2020, we've shown that again. Um, I think I think we will come out of the, the pandemic. It's uncertain, you know, how it's affected everybody so differently. It's not been even. Um, and people have, you know, some people have lost loved ones to the, to the deadly virus. Others um, have lost their work uh, or, you know, are seeking different kinds of jobs based on what's happened in the pandemic. And so, you know, it will take some time for us to really understand what, you know, 14 minutes, 14 months of, of this kind of, um, you know, hopefully once in my lifetime issue that's come to pass in our community. <laughs> yeah, we hope so. And our, in our world. Yeah. How did you, how did you deal with it? What did, did you do anything, um, kind of differently at home? I can't imagine. I'm sure it's, it's hard enough to run a city, let alone run a city f- virtually almost. Right. I mean, it was really hard for mayors everywhere because, you know, what do mayors, you know, when we went through the, you know, the mention of 2019, the answer was always to bring people together, right? right that was yeah. the answer, right? Come together, you know, support local businesses, come out and show your support. And so in 2020, you know, we were like, stay home, don't go anywhere, <laughs> don't, you know, don't purchase. And that was so difficult to, to, you know, really not, not natural for a mayor to do, um, as a champion of, you know, our local businesses and the champion of our communities. But look, I think from what happened in 2019, I remember early on in 2020 talking to the health commissioner and saying like, look, we've got to over communicate. We've got to tell the community what we do know and what we don't know. So I don't know if you remember in the first three months we did these daily press conferences. Mm -hmm. I think they were like in the afternoon where Commissioner Cooper and I, you know, attended every single one of them, shared the information that we knew, tried to be as transparent. Because, you know, I mean, think of what we thought about this disease in March and April and to what we know now. And as we learned more information, we tell the public. And 
Um, I think that was the big job that, you know, as mayor I had. And I had, you know, great partners at Public Health, Cooper and Mickey Doan and Tara Williams and Bob Bartmarsh. I mean, they were just awesome. And um, we are so very lucky to have folks that are public servants like them. Um, that, you know, frankly, aren't always in the limelight. And some people were very frustrated with them when they were, you know, enforcing, you know, health orders that, you know, affected people's livelihoods, but they were trying to keep people safe. Um, that is very, very difficult work. And I, I was so honored to get to work with them uh, through, through that, even as difficult as it was. We actually, so we have another show, um, an hour of your life. And we actually did just recorded a show yesterday about, um, kind of, uh, a wrap up of the pandemic. And, and it was interesting to think about how we kind of review the timeline and everything happened so fast. It was mm-hmm. almost within like a week, um, yeah. that things kind of shut down. How do you, how do you do that? I mean, how do you kind of I'm, turn I'm, on a dime? I'm glad I was not the mayor of Dayton <laughs> or the governor of Ohio. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Well, you listen to, you listen to science. Um, and I remember, you know, during that period, I even, you know, talked to the governor and he even asked me like, what we, what would you do? Like this is before they had shut down the Arnold and Columbus. And I was like, you follow your health commissioner, you know, I would follow, you know, I mean, and so, you know, and then, you know, building that trust because a lot of times these are public servants that haven't probably been well served by elected officials. And, and so, you know, I think they learned very quickly that if I said, you know, like this, you know, this is what we need to do. I'm going to support you in that. Uh, we're going to do it. And I mean, getting, you know, I think part of this is like the elected job of supporting trusted public servants and, and trusting uh, their expertise. And, you know, I think in the Dayton government, that's what we do, you know, because we're a city manager form of government. I don't pretend to know. Uh, the best way to, you know, run a finance department or run a water department or public health department, you hire, you know, expertise in those areas and then you support it and uh, you help communicate it. Uh, and that's, and then like, and, you know, we're very lucky because during this once in a lifetime pandemic, I mean, far none, just terrific local leaders. And, you know, we had frustrations with the state, just like other, commu- you know, other sure. like individuals did. And, <sighs> certainly had, you know, a lack of leadership federally during the first part of the pandemic where uh, the chief medical officer actually called it do it a do-it-yourself pandemic. And that's kind of how you felt on the ground. So yeah. you didn't get much support. So you really, you know, they, you know, for example, Dayton was the first city to do a mask mandate in the state. And we did that because public health said, like, look, we really need a mask mandate. We're starting to see this pick up. Like, you know, I was like, well, okay, if that's what we need, that's what we got to do. So, uh, so I think that that relationship is really, really important. Um, I'm sad Commissioner Cooper has announced he's retiring at the end of the year. Uh, you know, I do think we're going to see a lot of retirements out of public health across the country. Yeah. Uh, because, That's you know, lot. going through, yeah, going through, I mean, honestly, you know, and, and the way that some of, you know, their houses were attacked, I, I think, I don't think that's what they bargained for when they were thinking, yeah. I want to protect the public, you know, health. And right. so, um, that's unfortunate, but they are just um, true heroes to yeah. me at, in the twenty in the year of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one. Absolutely. So now that everything is kind of coming to a close and we're opening up again, where can we find you? What is where does the mayor of Dayton <laughs> go when after a pandemic to kind of get back in touch with her city? 
Well, definitely you'll catch me at like any of the coffee shops downtown, <laughs> so you know, and around the city from Preston East Dayton to, you know, Jim City Market has a new uh, uh, coffee shop there. Turk, but of course, my standards of like Boston Stoker and Ghost Flight um, are there too. And Winans is really great, you know, mm. just opened right before the pandemic as well. So you can catch me doing meetings uh, with folks all across, uh, across the coffee shops in Dayton. Certainly, I really want to support our local businesses. They've been through a lot, particularly local restaurants. And so, you know, we're starting to eat out. My husband and I are eating out at dinner more often and having lunches. And so supporting those businesses has been important. And then, you know, you're going to see me at the opening of the 11th. You know, the 11th coming open. Oh, I think yeah. It's either like June 11th or 12th. And um, I'm excited and, you know, uh, really excited to be out there. So you'll see me there. And then. Of course, we're getting ready for the 4th of July fireworks, which in Dayton are on the 3rd of July, so the suburbs, suburbs can have their 4th of July celebrations. And so we're excited to have uh, a big festival and full vendors, et cetera, you know, down at Riverscape. So, you know, a lot going on this summer. I mean, just like we turned it off really fast, I'm proud of Dayton. We can turn it on really fast, yeah. too. So it'll yeah. be really great. Dayton it'll be really great to, this summer. We know how to throw a party. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, we personally are looking forward to just everything coming back. We've been out to out on fifth a couple of times and just to see yeah. the people out there yeah. having a good time and enjoying themselves. And it just every week now that, you know, we said this is a new podcast every week, there's been a little bit more that we can throw in of things happening and just family fun, adult type entertainment, you know, the bars and the things like that. But with all the Metro parks, there's just so much to do in the city. For sure. And I think during 2020, you know, uh, for me, I mean, I did a lot of hiking in the metro parks and really rediscovered the whole region's uh, parks, uh, which was great. Um, it'll be fun to, you know, explore the parks like I've had in the past, like with festivals, et cetera. And you mentioned out on fifth, you know, that's the silver lining of COVID, right? We started out on fifth, try to encourage social distancing and, um, and still give the restaurants ability to serve because you don't get COVID as we learned outside as badly. Um, and so that is something that they're keeping, right? So every single yeah. weekend, you know, um, that, that the street will be closed and people can eat on the bricks and enjoy, enjoy, um, their company, enjoy great food and great drink, uh, through the district. So I'm really like, so there are some silver linings of COVID. That's one for the city. Certainly, you know, personally, I think people have, you know, really thought and for me, I've thought about what's really important to me and you know seeing you know being with my parents is a high priority for me and I know others other folks have you know really leaned into family through this time and value that and um so I think there are some silver linings from COVID as well so we'll we'll enjoy those not that I wish to have or have it go through again you, <laughs> no. to, you know go you know go through what you go through so that's yeah, what we're doing today. I'm really interested to see how out on fifth develops too because it's really I mean it's in its infancy essentially and I think mm-hmm. there's so much um even from you know like during um haunt on fifth, uh, where they set up the stage and stuff. Like I can definitely yep. see that becoming a thing on the weekends, have local bands and stuff set up on a stage. Um, you mentioned your parents, did you, uh, have you, um, been able to kind of visit some of your more elderly relatives and, and kind of get out and reconnect with everybody? Yeah. So it's very, you know, we had to cancel our family reunion last year. So we're having it this year. So that'll be great to see uh, my aunts and uncles. And 
book, um, I did see, you know, see my parents as much as I could during the pandemic. It was very nerve wracking, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're in, you know, they're in their seventies, but like, you know, you had to balance, you know, really, you know, mental health and your mental health and your family's mental health with, with the, um, with the disease. And so, you know, keeping our bubble, you know, and it was difficult. We did keep our bubble super small at city hall did as much as first we could do virtually. Um, we're excited. Um, June 9th, we're going to have our first open public city commission meeting in the flesh. So, uh, you know, and you know, for 15 months also at city hall, no one's been able to like, uh, uh, they can send notes, but there's been no public, um, um, we have a three minute comment period. And yeah. so we expect in June to have, I, I tease the lengthy one. It's probably, <laughs> yes, it'll be like, it'll be like Festivus and Seinfeld and the part where they're the airing of grievances. <laughs> we haven't had it Mayor? for about 15 months. So yes. Mayor, sometimes <laughs> yeah. a lot of citizens are glad when the politicians are only allowed to talk for three minutes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's everybody that'll come in, you know, like the citizen comments will be <laughs> yeah. overwhelming, I think, for the next month, for sure. So mm-hmm. you are, as your time as mayor comes to a close, you know, we obviously wish you well. But what do you think is going to be the thing that sticks with you the most about Dayton um, and about the city and just kind of the last few years? Well, certainly, I think what the community went through in 2019 leaves an impression on me that, you know, will always be with me. Um, and, you know, it was very difficult, but it was an honor to get to leave um, my community during some of its darkest and toughest time. Um, the thing I'm most proud of, though, is actually passing, you know, high-quality preschool for every four-year, four-year-old, which we passed in 2016. Uh, and I led that effort. And, you know, I'm very proud of it because, it's you know, the community you know, you know, invested in its youngest people that have the smallest voice. And I believe any community that does that and invests in people that may not have the loudest voice and invest in their future is a community that's set up to a strong future. Uh, And um, there's only, you know, not dozen cities in the country that do universal pre-K. Of those cities that show that investment, it's brought other investments to the city from philanthropy and folks that would give date wouldn't necessarily give Dayton a look, but I think that investment that we've given ourselves by investing in our four-year-olds to make sure they're ready for kindergarten is, is, will be the piece, uh, as mayor that I am very, I'm most proud of. Okay. Well, mayor, I, one, we have time for one more question. How do you see, do you, do you see a bright future for Dayton coming up here with the recovery and with, with lifting of the mandates and everyone to be able to go out and enjoy the city? You see it as a bright future. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, there's no, it's no surprise that after the 1918 Spanish flu came the roaring 20s. And I think we'll we'll see that. Yeah, well, then the uh, stock market crash came after that. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta be, everything, everything in moderation, right? So, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think uh, we're well positioned, you know, like over the past two decades, the community's work to, you know, really restructure its, um, its economy so it isn't so um, affected by recessions. We still are not recession-proof, but, you know, the diversity of um, where our work is, I think, is really important. We're still a manufacturing hub, but, you know, we've invested in logistics and invested in tech, and 
you know, really tried to leverage Wright-Patterson Air Force Base into the community. The work that we're doing at the arcade with the Entrepreneur Hub, which is, you know, talked about nationally on, on a way to really grow small business. I mean, all of that is, uh, is, show, is signs of really strong growth for Dayton Future. So I'm really excited about it. We stabilized our population this decade. Um, so, you know, the past five decades, we've had just enormous loss. But think about that, five decades yeah. of enormous population loss, and now it's stabilized. We have to really get, we still have lots of work to do around housing in the city. You know, I mean, the housing market is super hot. We have to provide opportunities for people to have affordable options, but also market rate options, uh, particularly in the city and affordable options in the region. Uh, so yeah, there's huge opportunity and, um, I'm really excited for what's next in Dayton. And, um, you know, part of leading is knowing when it's time for new leaders to come and set their ideas forward too. So I'm excited to see that for the city as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mayor, thank you so much for your time. And we promise we're going to do our best to promote Dayton yeah, and absolutely. all the things to do so people can get out and, and, and uh, just enjoy themselves and had a good time. I think the people of this region have earned we're, it. Well, the people ready. of the nation have earned it right <laughs> we're now. Ready. We're right. ready. Exactly. Well, yeah, I hope to see you out on 5th or around the city. And thanks so much for doing this podcast and thanks for including me on it. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your week. All right. Talk to you later. All right. So thank you again to Mayor Nan Whaley. Uh, It was an an honor and a privilege to be able to talk with her about how amazing our fair city is. Um, Steve, you got anything else you want to talk about? No, not really. I just would like to announce we would like you to share this show. That's the only way it's going to grow is going to be through word of mouth because we're not going to spend a ton of money on advertising or anything like that. Word of mouth getting out there. And it's growing every week. Every week we're having a few more listens and followers for each episode. But if you share the show, you can tell your friends that we are on all the major platforms except iHeartRadio. We, for whatever reason, we're having a little bit of difficulty we're working with iHeart, but we're on Apple and all the other streaming platforms. You can even go to Siri, Alexa, or Bixby and just tell them to play the 937 podcast. And it, through technology and it's amazing (laughs) they're going to do it thank you to uh those of you who have we have several new shares and follows on instagram this week um thank you those of you who are following us on facebook and twitter again check the website the 937 podcast.com you can write to us at the 937 podcast at gmail.com um thanks again to terry martin and uh madam mayor nan whaley and we will see you next week (music) 